I'm mad right now. I am mad. The greatest show on dirt. I'm real mad. I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vince McMahon mad. Listen to me. The Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, just beat the Atlanta Braves today. They beat them 13-1. to Congrats to the Cardinals. I've got a few nice friends out there who are Cardinals fans. If you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a lowly, drunk Cubs fan, right? I'm so much of a Cubs fan. I've been a Cubs fan for so long. There are folks out there that are like, I've been a Cubs fan for 35, 40 years. Bruh, I've been a Cubs fan for so long, I got liver failure, bruh. Beat me. And the Cardinals scored 10 runs in the top of the first inning in Atlanta, and now they're going to the NLCS, and I got to hear it from everybody under the sun. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm from Southern Illinois, right? My dad and my grandpa were Cubs fans, right? And I'm just too dumb to know any different. You know what I'm saying? But my brother, he's a Cardinals fan. And I got some friends back home that are Cardinals fans. And now my text message inbox is filled up with just how good Jack Flaherty and this bullpen is and this offense is. And I can't stand it. Dexter Fowler's batting leadoff for the Cardinals. I remember when he used to bat leadoff for the Cubs. That's Judas. Ugh. I hate him. I can't believe it. This is all ridiculous. I would rather just about do anything or have anything done to me than watch the St. Louis Cardinals succeed in the playoffs and go to a World Series. I would do anything. I would sacrifice myself. I would sacrifice a kidney, a liver. Like, I know I can't live without my liver. That's the point. Take my liver. I'd rather die than watch them win a World Series. So many things I would rather do. Like, just name it, right? Like, would I rather have a root canal with no local anesthetic? You bet your ass. You could cut my wisdom teeth out and don't even put me to sleep. I don't really care. Would I rather have a prostate exam for fun? Uh, Yes, please. Would I rather help you move on a 110-degree day or stand in line at the DMV or just repeatedly punch myself in the testicles? A hundred percent. Like, this is without question. I would rather the Chicago Cubs... Never win a World Series again if the Cardinals weren't going to win one. And then we could just all suck, right? How do the Cardinals just figure out ways to win? It's like they got a payroll like half of what the Cubs are. Like I just, like Jack Flaherty's like drafted like a 32nd overall pick in the first round. Like the Cubs can't even pick a guy like fifth overall in the first. Like Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber and Albert Almore, they're like all top like nine picks. And besides Kyle Schwarber being the new Adam Dunn, just a little fatter and a little uglier, <laughs> like, dude, like Ian Happ and Albert Almore are like nothing. I just need, I need more than anything, a Xanax and I guess a Dodgers victory tonight. I'm recording this on Wednesday, October 9th. And the Dodgers are already out to a 3 nothing lead. They're hitting Steven Strasburg. I don't think the Nationals could beat the Cardinals, so I just hope to God maybe the Dodgers can beat the Cardinals just simply because the time difference will throw them off. I'm not too sure, right? Carlos Martinez did his best Craig Kimbrell impression the whole damn Brave series, and somehow the Cardinals won. This is just awful. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I don't know. I'm not entirely kidding. There are, there are reasonable things I would do but and not have the St. Louis Cardinals win the NLCS. I do not want them to go to the World Series so bad. Have you ever had a team you just dislike so much where you're like, I just want to see like that team lose and fail no matter what? Like There are plenty of guys that hate Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And really, I don't dislike the Cardinals. I just dislike them when I think that they could win a World Series. Like, that's my problem, you know? I think for sure, like, I'd take hernia. I'd take a hernia. You could give me scoliosis. Give me one leg shorter than the other. You could make me blind in one eye. Make me deaf in one ear. 
I think I take all those things. I damn near take a receding hairline for the Cubs that never win again, right? You know, like I'm 6'2 right now. Could you take three inches off of my height for the Cardinals not to win again? 100% sure. But the Cardinals aren't the only team I hate. Like, I don't like the Brewers. I don't like Ryan Braun. They're all just a bunch of bums, dude. Um, let's talk a little bit of baseball, man. I did. <laughs> Honestly, though, the Cardinals, their victory today, so where they beat the uh, Braves 13-1, to Dude, I was listening to it on the radio while I was driving home from work. And I was obviously listening to the Braves broadcast because I'm not going to hear the Cardinals. Whoever the Cardinals radio guy is, I love him to death. And he sounds like he always sounds like he's 10 bud heavies deep. <laughs> That's a true baseball guy right there. He sounds like he's been drinking, man. But the radio guys for the Braves, they were beside themselves. They just did not know what to do. Like they were speechless. It just run after run just kept coming in the first inning to the point where they were like, I mean, the Braves' motto is relentless, so we'll see what they got. And I'm like, well, it's 10 to nothing. And Jack Flaherty's pitching. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it was such an ugly first inning. It was like the end of Reservoir Dogs where they all kill each other. It was like the end of Saw. Like, the first one where, like, everyone just dies at the end. And I think they have to, like, saw their body parts off, right? It's just horrendous. It was – you ever watch the movie Strangers where they put potato sacks over their head and stab people? That was the first inning of the Atlanta Braves game today against the Cardinals. But I'm not surprised, right? I did pick. So, so far, like, my brackets here, MLB.com sent me an email and they told me to pick teams. So, like, my picks have so far been pretty good. Okay, so – I picked the Nationals to win the wild card, and they did. And I picked the Rays to win the wild card, and they did. Uh, I picked the Braves to win the NLDS, and they did. But I picked the Nationals to beat the Dodgers. And Walker Bueller, dude, Walker Bueller is on. He's already tonight. He's thrown two innings, two Ks, one hit. He has no earned run average so far in the postseason. And I want to say he's thrown about eight or nine innings at this point. And his career postseason stats, 29 and two-thirds at a 303 ERA and a .81 whip. Walker Bueller's one of those guys that's meant for the postseason. And you want to tell me right now, I don't care what regular season stats say. Or at this point, like I've sort of like shifted my allegiance from Max Scherzer to Walker Bueller when it comes to a playoff game. But if I had to have one pitcher in the playoffs to go for my team, winner take all, Right to beat the St. Louis Cardinals. Walker Bueller's my guy, bro. He is a mean dude on the mound. He's a super intelligent kid. He's a Vanderbilt kid. He is smart. He's just cocky. Actually, I think he's just full on cocky, but he can back it up, dude. And he is a mean dude on the mound. His stuff is so good. And like he's got this classic delivery. I, just, I love the way he throws a baseball. I love the way him and Strasburg throw a baseball, to be honest with you. Some of those guys might have. I mean, I would say maybe, like, my favorite deliveries in all of baseball. Like, I definitely like Bueller's. I like Flaherty's delivery because Bueller and Flaherty both have, like, these classic deliveries. I love Jake Arrieta's delivery. I, I, I just – I associate it with, like, his 2015-2016 run of just dominance. I love the way Jake Arrieta throws a baseball. I like the way Strasburg throws a baseball because he throws a baseball like Mark Pryor did, which opens up a lot of those deep 2003 wounds, which somehow, like – like, masochistically, I just love to, like, reopen those wounds and, like, jam my finger in them and pour salt in them, right? So, I love to watch Strasburg pitch. So, but Bueller's a dude, man, right now, and, I mean, he's pitching good. So, uh, 3 nothing right now, top of the third Nationals are coming up to bat. So, we'll see what they can do against Bueller, man. Otherwise, I also did pick the Twins to beat the Yankees. I don't know what happened, man. I just thought, 
I just thought the Twins could beat the Yankees, but really don't let it be a surprise to you that the Twins beat the Yankees because part of the reason why I was wrong on that prediction is I failed to account for the Minnesota Twins playing in probably the worst division in baseball, which is the AL Central, because obviously they won 100 games. I think the Indians won like 93, but when you got Detroit and the White Sox in your division and you go like 18-1 and one against those teams, yeah, your, your numbers are going to be pretty padded. So the Twins were just never good, and that was a dumb pick on my part. So we'll see where that goes, man. Obviously, I want the Nationals win tonight, but I think I want the Dodgers to win tonight so they can beat the Cardinals. You see what I'm getting myself into here. Um, talking about the American League, dude, man. I've tried to watch as much baseball as I could, but I had a – uh, my dog, man, my dog had like uncontrollable diarrhea last week. Yeah, I guess he didn't like the Cardinals winning either. Either that or he got into some heavy Taco Bell. <laughs> um, but my dog's fine now. Thank you for asking. And it's because I haven't recorded in two weeks, you know, but here we are. And oh, I was talking about the American League, dude. So obviously the the Yankees just mowed through the Twins, right? NBD. The the Rays and the Astros, bro, that is a series. So the Astros won the first two games in Houston, right? And they put Verlander and Garrett Cole in. And Verlander looked good. Garrett Cole looks like a whole another beast, like seven and two-thirds, 15 Ks. I mean, he, him and Bueller might be the two best playoff pitchers right now, with Garrett Cole actually being the best playoff pitcher right now, the most difficult guy you could face. And he might win the Cy Young, it's hard to say. I know he had, shoot, I think he had barely a lower ERA than Verlander or somewhere pretty close, but he had more strikeouts by maybe like 20 or 30 strikeouts. He's he's a beast, dude. He's going to be he's gonna be like the Warren Buffett of baseball next year. He's going to get paid so much money. I mean, he won't get paid as much as Trout, but someone's going to pay that guy, dude. He can throw a freaking baseball he doesn't look like he's injury prone. His delivery looks smooth. I mean, nothing looks weird about him. And uh, I mean, he just it's it's whatever, dude. He's nuts. And so that's what's gonna happen in game five of the AL of the ALDS that we've got left of the Rays and the Astros, right? So that's gonna be I assume Charlie Morton versus Garrett Cole. I really haven't looked up the probables yet, but I could tell you right now. So that's been a phenomenal series, dude. So obviously Astros won the first two, then Tampa comes back. And in game three, let me think about this. I don't remember who they threw in game three. Game three might have been a bullpen game. Gosh, you'd think me having a podcast, I'd be able to tell you some of this stuff. Um, But game three and game four, Tampa Bay won at home. They had stellar turnout. It looked like they sold the place out, to be honest with you, which was huge. So, you know, that's definitely good for Tampa Bay baseball down there. I'm about to tell you right now. Let's jump into, I know last night in game four, it was a bullpen game for Tampa Bay against Justin Verlander. And they put Justin Verlander out there on short rest. And if you're wondering why they started Justin Verlander on short rest, I think I figured it out. So at first, I had told myself, I said, they should not do that with Justin Verlander on short rest. They should just go with their normal rotation, right? Because in game five, you could just throw Verlander and Verlander on the season, coming into last night's game, so before last night's game, he had thrown like 19 innings against the Rays and allowed like one run. So I'm like, why start him on short rest? Just put, one, you put your fourth starter in there and let him start, and then just throw Verlander in game five. But I didn't take into account the travel day. So it was actually a really smart decision by Houston to pitch Justin Verlander. Like, 
I know more than the Astros do. The Astros probably have the Astros and the Rays probably have two best ran organizations in all of baseball. And what had happened was Houston was like, well, let's start Verlander on short rest because if we go to game five, we can start Garrett Cole on short rest, on normal rest because of the travel day because the travel day gets Garrett Cole on normal rest. So that's why they started Verlander because they're pretty much like, whatever, if we don't get full Verlander, we'll go in game five and get Garrett Cole. And he's just like born to strike guys out. You know, he's the Doc Holliday of striking guys out. He's the Michael Myers of striking guys out if striking guys out were killing people with a machete on Halloween in Haddonfield, Illinois. You dig? So that's what's up with that, man. And Verlander wasn't super sharp, so they got some runs. I want to say last night's game was 4-1 to one, Tampa Bay, possibly. 4-1 to one, Tampa Bay. Uh, good bullpen outing for Tampa, dude. I didn't really realize just how good Tampa Bay's bullpen is. It's like every switch they make, the stinking guy coming to the mound has like 70 innings pitched with a 2.3 earned run average. I don't know how they do it. The Cubs can't get a bullpen to save their life. And it's just like Tampa Bay's just getting guys, bro. They traded, they had an opener, Ryan Stanek, who opened for them like 27 games this year. And they traded him to the Miami Marlins for a guy named Nick Anderson. Not Orlando Magic legend Nick Anderson, <laughs> but Nick Anderson, a 29-year-old pitcher who had thrown independent ball like two years ago, he throws 98 and strikes about two guys out an inning, and he's the real deal. So what was impressive about last night's game, dude, is they had a bullpen game. The most anyone pitched was two and a third, which was Nick Anderson. He threw 22 pitches and struck two guys out, but they threw six pitchers last night, including Blake Snell out of the pen who came in and got the save. And got a couple outs with a couple guys on base, which was huge. They uh, got three and two-thirds off Verlander with seven hits and four earned runs, right? And now I'm looking at this Verlander start, and I'm sort of like, okay, what is it with Tampa and Justin Verlander? We, we got a couple things here going. One, was Verlander on short rest, and he just wasn't his full self, right? So in Justin Verlander's whole entire career, he's never... Oh... Why is my computer making noise? That was weird. My computer was making noise. Whatever, dude. Uh, what I was... <laughs> this isn't a professional podcast, bro. I just barely even know how to hit play on GarageBand. Needless to say, what, I, what I'm looking at with Verlander is it's one, Verlander just could have been on short rest and not himself, right? You got to figure that because with Justin Verlander in his whole career, Justin Verlander had never had a normal start and then had another start on short rest. That had never, ever happened with him right? He had come into games on short rest, but those were either one time it was like a rained out game. So he had really only thrown an inning before he started his next game. And another one was a bullpen outing, but this is the first time in Verlander's career he had ever started a game and then started another game on short rest, right? So this is sort of uncharted territory for Justin Verlander and Tampa got him for seven hits on three and two thirds, right? So leading into game five with Tampa, man, either that was the case and Verlander was just tired, or or they had already seen Justin Verlander three days ago, and they were like, okay, like I, w- Justin Verlander's fresh in our mind right now. Like I get what he's stepping in, and I'm ready to hit it, right? And I wonder, right, going into game five, if that could happen with Garrett Cole. Like is Garrett Cole, you tell me this, you're driving in your car, you're at work, burning time, not doing any work. Praise to you, buddy. Keep it up and don't do anything, but you can get paid the same amount no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Is Garrett Cole powerful enough of a pitcher to where he could go into Tampa Bay and it doesn't matter that they saw him four days ago? Or 
these smart Tampa Bay hitters going to take advantage of Garrett Cole because he's fresh in their mind, right? I can tell you this. I believe Tampa Bay is a good contact team, and that's going to come into play as well. Well, shit, it better come into play because the last time they faced Garrett Cole, they struck out 15 times. That's obviously not going to work again. Um, Here, I was going to tell you what game three looked like for Tampa. Oh, shoot. Hold on. October 8th. Today's Wednesday, right? Okay, let's go to October 7th. I want to tell you who started. Oh, oh, shoot. Okay, Charlie Morton actually started game three in Tampa. That was when the Rays, they hit Zach Granke, and they hit him around pretty good. The Rays got Zach Granke, three and two-thirds, six earned. And Charlie Morton pitched. So this would have been Charlie Morton pitched. This was October 7th, okay? And Charlie Morton threw 93 pitches on October 7th. So then today's the 9th, tomorrow's the 10th. So he would have rested the 8th, the 9th. Does the 10th count as a rest day? Oh, I feel like I feel like I don't think Charlie Morton's going to pitch. If he does, I feel like it's going to be on severely short rest, which means you're probably looking at Thursday the 10th. Tyler Glasnow maybe would pitch, I guess. Yep, Tyler Glasnow's your guy, man. Tyler Glasnow. Hey, let me tell you a little bit about Tyler real quick. So Tyler Glasnow versus Garrett Cole. Tyler Glasnow already had a start this series, and it was, I believe it was a pretty short start. And he's he like he's just getting back in the swing of things, right? So Tyler Glass now had pitched lights out basically at the beginning of the season, and then he had a strained forearm, and they had to sit him, right? And sort of some of the story on Tyler Glass now is they got Tyler, the Rays did, they got him from Pittsburgh when they sent Chris Archer over to Pittsburgh. And when Pittsburgh had Tyler Glass now, like Tyler just wasn't doing anything. Like he was a highly touted guy at one point, but like things just weren't going well for him. But he gets into a really good system like Tampa Bay, sort of changes his mindset, and all of a sudden, like, he was pitching great in Tampa before the forearm strain. So now he's sort of getting back in the swing of things. And when he he pitched game two, oh, no, he pitched game one in this series because they couldn't pitch Morton because Morton had to pitch the wild card game. And Tyler Glass now only went four and two-thirds, excuse me, four and a third, and gave up two earned runs on 76 pitches. So he had a high pitch count because he walked three guys. I don't necessarily have a problem with the four and a third and two earned because maybe he could have went six and two earned. But he was matched up against Verlander throwing seven innings of one hit ball on 100 pitches, right? So do, do I, I think this game, this game five for Tyler Glass now, is going to be super interesting, man, because you have this highly touted prospect who's sort of finding his way back you know, with the Tampa Rays in this really good system. On the season total, uh, Tyler Glasnow threw 60 innings at a buck 78 ERA with a .89 whip. So his little short, like, sample size looks about like what Verlander does. He obviously doesn't strike out as many guys as what Garrett Cole does, but his ERA plus was 250, right? So when Tyler Glasnow was healthy and pitching really well, he was lights out. So this Game 5 matchup, is right up there with like Strasburg and Bueller as far as, you know, just having these two studs going at it because Glass now is that guy, man. And I want to say I read an, read an article on Tyler Glass. I think it was an article from The Athletic that talked about how like Tyler had changed his mindset, so on and so forth. And I can tell you this, 
He's a fresh 26. He just turned 26 in August, and he is a supremely mature guy. I completely trust him in this situation. I do think that, you know, if you're the Rays and you can't get Charlie Morton to pitch because he just pitched a couple days ago, which no doubt Morton's going to be available at the bullpen if they need him. But I don't know if the Rays would ever go to that because their bullpen's just so damn good anyway. But Tyler Glasnow's that guy, man. I've got 100% faith in him as far as him holding up his end of the bargain and us seeing a pitcher's duel tomorrow night in Houston. You know, it's going to be a wild atmosphere because he's going to be on the road, but I believe he's built for it. He's a big guy. Tyler Glasnow is 6 feet 8 inches tall. That's two inches taller than Michael Jordan, bro. I cannot believe how big a lot of these baseball players are, how tall they are, dude. Like, I mean, I didn't really re- – I started paying attention to how tall guys were, like, last year, and I'm just like, all these baseball players are just big dudes, man. But the article I read on Tyler, man, just went into, like, his mental preparation. He's getting into, like, some zen yoga type stuff or whatever. And part of his success is really dialing in his mental – and connecting it with the physical, you know, a little bit about like what Nicholas Castellanos did, which I think I talked about this a couple episodes ago on the podcast. But that's sort of like a lot of what how like Nicholas Castellanos got a lot better is just lining up the mental with the physical, because when it comes to Major League Baseball, you know, for example, like if you do anything in your life, you ever done anything? And sometimes the more you do it, the worse you get at it because you begin to think about it more. Well, I think that's never more prevalent in any sport than it is Major League Baseball. And when that sort of mental, that when your your the mental aspect of the game can line up with the physical and sort of become one and that player can perform without actually thinking about it, I think that's when things get really good. And I think that's what you're getting with Tyler Glass now. Obviously, that's what you're getting with Garrett Cole, man. So, tune into Game 5, dude. That's going to be a legit game, man. I love both lineups. Dude, the Tampa Bay Rays have completely surprised me with how good of a team are, with how good of a team they are. I think they would have had way more. How many games did they win this year? They might have won, like, 97 games this year, I feel like. And they probably could have easily mm, 90. So, they were 96 and 66 this year. I think they would have won a lot more games with Blake Snell and Tyre Glass now had been healthy the whole entire season because if you have those three starters like Morton, Glass now, and Snell, plus like their loaded bullpen, I mean, this team I think had the best ERA in all of Major League Baseball the whole entire season. And some of their hitters are just super impressive, but also some of their hitters miss some time too. But I love what Tampa Bay's doing. They're honestly, they're not my pick to win the World Series, but they're the team I hope that wins the World Series just because I love an underdog story. Like, in any sport, I love an underdog story. I think that's why, I think that's why I've, like, probably always been a Cubs fan all my life because there's this sort of, you know, it's it's this huge underdog story with this team that just can't win, they won't win, will they ever win? You sort of want to tune in to see if they do win, and then you sort of start to like that team because it turns out to be a great story, right? It's like, it's like any movie we've ever watched, bro, like Short Circuit, you know what I mean? Like, Number five alive, like he's doing things he's not supposed to do. His robot gadgets are a little broken, but he perseveres, right? That's basically the Chicago Cubs, and it's sort of like the Tampa Bay Rays, man. I want them to win more than anything. I think I think the Nationals beating the Dodgers would be a pretty damn big upset. The Tampa Bay Rays beating the 100-and-whatever-five-win Houston Astros, who've got the best one-two pitching duo in all of baseball, would be unreal. I don't know... I want to say I heard that one time all season that in a series, 
a team beat Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. It's been done once. So for Tampa Bay to win this series, it would be one of the biggest playoff wins that I think we've seen in recent history just because of how good Verlander and Cole are. Man, they are shut down. They are like the easiest guarantee in baseball, I feel like, at this point. But you talk about the maturity of Tampa Bay, man, how they hit Verlander yesterday. I think a lot of it, I think some of it, was because Verlander was tired and on short rest, but I really do believe this is an intelligent team when it comes to hitting. They've got some good bats, man. You talk about, uh, like, I, I love Tommy Pham, dude. Tommy Pham, he's definitely been one of my favorite baseball players. Yandy Diaz came out and had a good start to the postseason. He hit, like, two home runs in the wild card game. Javi Garcia, dude, little Miggy, man. He played under um, Miguel Cabrera in Detroit, and then he was a White Sox for a little bit, man. Uh, Nate Lowe, Brandon Lau. Kevin Kiermaier, I think, hit like a three-home run the other day, three-run home run. Austin Meadows, he's uh, he's been hitting DH for him a little bit, man. He's 24. They got him from Pittsburgh as well from, like, the Chris Archer trade. And it's just like the Tampa Bay Rays, man, are just making these trades and getting really good teams. I do think that the smartest teams in Major League Baseball, if I have to name the five smartest teams in Major League Baseball, no particular order, there's no doubt I put the Tampa Bay Rays in that mix. I put the Houston Astros in that mix. I put the L.A. Dodgers in that mix. So Tampa Bay, Houston, Dodgers. Fourth, maybe the Oakland A's. I believe the Oakland A's. They won 97 games this year. And even though they lost the wild card game, I don't think it was a bad idea to start Sean Mania in that right. I think it sort of turns into like a hindsight 2020 thing. Because, you know, Mike Fires got your team a lot of wins this year. So, you sometimes you have to dance with the one that you came with. That's what they say. But I see their logic on going with Manaya because he had been so damn good. But part of it, you just wonder. You know, it's a lot different pitching, uh, you know, a meaningless game in September when you've clinched or just about to clinch a wild card versus going into October and pitching with that sort of stress. And it's sort of like, obviously, he just wasn't geared up to it, I guess. Um, but you can't really think like that, man. You know, it's sort of like with Patrick Corbin coming out of the bullpen the other day and giving up six runs for the Nationals. You know, part of me looked at that decision and was I was just like, why don't you just play baseball how you've played baseball all year? But you can't, you can't really do that sort of thing, I guess, when elimination's on the line. And I guess the Nationals don't have that great of a bullpen. But sometimes I just don't know where to draw the line on when do we continue to play how we've played all season, you know, pitch our bullpen, put them out there and try to win three out of five games or whatever. And then when do we start putting starters in there to pitch out of the bullpen like they did with Patrick Corbin or the Sean Mania start or the, um, did Max Scherzer pitch on short rest? No, I don't think Scherzer pitched on short rest this postseason. I'm trying to think of questionable pitching decisions that I've heard. The Sean Mania one, I mean, obviously it was questionable, but I like it. I would have done the same thing because Shaman and I was so lights out. And I think the A's would do some damage if they could just keep their pitching healthy, and that's sort of been the problem. I think if Sean and I had pitched the whole season, that, you know, maybe the wild card game would have been a bit different. But I think Charlie Morton was a much superior pitcher in that series. So I don't believe that the Rays beat the A's. Because Sean Manaya had been injured all year. Charlie Morton was going to win that game no matter what. I, I I believe so. He's a top five pitcher. I mean, maybe in all of baseball, right? I think for sure in the American League. But otherwise, 
Yeah, Patrick Corbin coming out of the bullpen. Even the Nationals pitched Scherzer out of the bullpen, which was super strange. But two days later, Scherzer came out in game four, which could have been a, a deciding game for the Nationals, and they came out and won and forced the game five, which right now, game five, it looks like the Dodgers are still up three to nothing. So, yeah, Strasburg gave up two home runs so far. But Bueller's done three inning, one hit and one walk, dude. He... Boy, you might be honestly looking at Walker Bueller and be comparing this to Madison Bumgarner's postseason runs because he was in 20, um, oh gosh, that was last year when the Red Sox won the World Series. The one start that Walker Bueller had in that World Series, bro, he was electric, dude. So keep, yeah, keep your eye on Bueller, man, just to see what his overall postseason stats look like. And I'll tell you this, if the Dodgers win the World Series, you know, Walker Bueller might be the MVP of the thing, hands down, 100%. Um, I really can't think of any other weird pitching decisions, you know? I think it I do like the fact that it seems like a lot of guys are getting the chance to throw more pitches and we're not seeing maybe as much bullpenning from certain teams. I know Jack Flaherty threw 117 pitches in game 1 of the NLDS. Adam Wainwright I think pitched in game 3 of the AL of the NLDS and threw 120 pitches. I loved that. I feel like there may be a couple other pitchers in that mix that have thrown over 100 pitches, and I think may – I mean, there are certain things out there that are telling you that teams are, you know, looking to rely on their dominant starters more, but it's sort of because I think they're out there, man. Jack Flaherty's that guy. He's a true number one. But, you know, when you've got – like the Chicago, if the Chicago Cubs had made the postseason, they wouldn't have anybody pitching over 100 pitches because they don't have a true number one, man. And I think it's – I really dig seeing guy pitchers succeed, man. I love that Verlander's pitching, you know, really good into 36. I love that Garrett Cole's pitching really good, and I hope that, you know, these dudes stay healthy. I think good dominant pitchers, it's phenomenal for the sport, and I love seeing him pitch. I mean, Adam Wainwright, he's 36, dude. 38, bro. Adam Wainwright is 38 through 120 pitches, and I don't think he even – he may have he maybe allowed one run in his start. That was game three against the Braves. Huge start, man. And so a, a lot of what we're seeing right now, I think, is really good stories, man. I do know this, though, and I'll probably close the podcast out on this because we're at 30 minutes. But apparently, a, some folks are saying that the ball isn't flying out of the park like it did during regular season. There may be some speculation that Major League Baseball changed the balls. We are seeing less home runs. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that other than just keep your keep your ear to that story. I mean, it's so interesting, like, what Major League Baseball would do. You know, some folk, I was listening to the Effectively Wild podcast, man. That's a good one. You know, if so if I'm unavailable, you should listen to Effectively Wild's podcast. They're not as funny as me, but they do a pretty decent job. <laughs> They're way more put together than I am, kid. But they had talked about that maybe Major League Baseball would... As they were speculating if the balls were changed because balls aren't flying out of the park as easily as they did during the regular season, that maybe Major League Baseball was sort of like, yo, we should like calm this ball down a little bit. Because I don't know if you noticed, but during the regular season, there were balls that were like just swung at what looked to be lazy swings that were there to protect the plate going to the opposite field and somehow getting out of the park. And we're all sort of wondering if Major League Baseball was, like, sitting in their office going, oh, shit, like, yo, we can't have the World Series decided on a routine pop-up that somehow sails out of the park like a kite on a windy day, so we should fix this sort of thing, dude. Ballgate 2019, boy, oh, boy. 
the ball, the baseballs might be different next year. We could see a whole different style of baseball next year to where, you know, we're not having guys like Pete Alonso hit 52 home runs or even better yet, Eugenio Suarez, 48 home runs. Yeah, if you don't know who Eugenio Suarez is, we're not surprised. But he's a, he's a, what are, he's a Reds third baseman, dude. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure, like, the first three seasons of his career, he had, like, 12 home runs or something, and now he has, like, 49. Yeah, that's how the thing goes. Everyone gets a home run, bro. I wonder if I play baseball if I can hit a home run. Probably not. I don't have the hand-eye coordination for it. Uh, hey, I'm going to end the podcast here. I'll get this thing uploaded. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, and I'll catch you guys next time. Later, Gators. <laughs>